Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. My name is Phil Crimmins. The Mandarin Blueprint Podcast is a Q&A podcast that we do with the people following the Mandarin Blueprint Method curriculum. And the Mandarin Blueprint Method curriculum, especially now that we're expanding it, is a comprehensive course that covers the major aspects of what you need to learn, especially for the foundation building of Mandarin Chinese, which is to say that you learn pronunciation, characters and character components, and you learn them very well. Like you'll memorize them and know their tone, their uh, their pinyin pronunciation. You learn vocabulary. You learn grammar the right way, which is to say that you acquire it through comprehensible input, which is what language uh, acquisition experts and linguists would say is the fastest way to acquire language. And from there, you move into longer form stories that uh, will allow you to get a greater context, not just the context of a simple sentence by itself, but also a full story that will give you context of like, how was the speaker feeling when they said this simple sentence? You know, I could say to you, I'm not angry with you, or I could say, I'm not angry with you. And like the difference between that, it's the same sentence, but you know, based on the context or the tone of voice or things like that, that there's a difference. And so we try to incorporate everything down from the most minute detail of how does this individual character component work all the way up to how can we understand that there is a difference between this sentence, even though it's the exact same words on the page. And so what's the Mandarin Blueprint Method all about? It's a curriculum that follows that path in a logical progression up from the very foundation to advanced. And I can say advanced because we have now expanded the course, or I should say we're in the process of releasing the expansion. And it has been so fun to make. I have been saying for weeks now that we're you know, excited. We're not exactly sure when it's going to come out, but I think that I can say pretty confidently I'm recording this on October 2nd. I think by the end of this week, we should be able to get out uh, quite a bit more uh, material for you guys. And the reason why I'm confident about that is that we finished the, or are going to finish today or tomorrow, the Anki decks. And that's the last step. That's the last like major step. But it's really interesting, you know, uh, you'd be surprised the amount of stuff that you end up having to do to just make sure that everything is covered, all your bases are covered and your foundational materials are ready to go. Because, you know, we have to build the uh, platform, uh, build the course on the platform. Of course, we've been having to plan it, but we've been planning it for months and months. We have to, you know, get make sure that for every word, there's at least one sentence for it. And we need to make sure that there are uh, all the thumbnails, you know, just little administrative stuff. But the Anki decks, they were the ones that really got me, um, you know, they're always the thing that you think, oh, we're almost ready to go. But then you go, oh, yeah, we got to make these Anki decks, which means long recording sessions with uh, both Annie and Jerry. But they have done their recording sessions for the next five levels, and we're ready to go. So I'm really uh, super excited to be coming out with this stuff for you guys. You're going to love it. It's got so much new material in it that, you know, is I'm even finding myself refreshing my uh, memory on certain things when it comes to some words. And then it's a you're going to enter into a stage of the development where you feel very excited about the complexity of what you're learning. Because sure, foundation building allows you to express yourself and it allows you to get the basics, but you're very rarely going to be able to say something that has a lot of nuance to it. You're going to be able to say things like, I need to go to the hospital right now, or uh, things like, uh, where's the bathroom? But saying, you know, something that's a bit more complex, you know, what do you think of the expressions of patriotism that just happened yesterday on Chinese National Day. Like, what does that 
mean to you? And then like saying, giving a nuanced answer that's sort of like, well, I appreciate the patriotism, but of course, nationalism can be a little bit dangerous. You know, that type of thing is not something you're going to be able to do with just foundational level Chinese. But when you get more advanced, you'd be surprised because Chinese has so many great words and the, the characters, because the characters, you start to have a relationship with them and each individual character, you go, wow, like... I have a feeling for this character. It's not this character is a very abstract character. It's referring to human emotion or it's referring to uh, something that is not as on the surface obvious in terms of uh, what it what it means. It's a bit more abstract. It's a bit more, uh, you know, in the realm of ideas. Well, this character next to it, that's a concrete character. That's a character that's concrete. It's not going to come up with any kind of abstract meaning or whatever. And so when you're trying to come up with what to say, you'll be amazed at the characters that sort of just naturally appear in your mind as you're starting to speak. But you need to keep going with the characters uh, in order to reach that level. And that's what we're about to do. It's going to be 1,530 characters. There's going to be over... um, uh, you're, that's to say that's the total. So we're adding about 938. And then um, 938 new characters followed by uh, about 3,000 new words. So you're going to get to a word count of about 4,000. It's going to be great. You're going to be amazing at Chinese. And then, of course, that's not even the end of the expansion. We'll eventually expand to 3,000 characters. But for now... Just get ready for that new character expansion. And now we'll go into the Q&A. And usually we start the Q&A with the suggestions for mnemonic devices that came in from the audience this week. And so there are, I guess you could say there are three primary ingredients that people will talk about. One is the props, sets, and actors. So that's our metaphor for character components pinion finals and pinion initials. So character components, we call them props because you come up with an object to represent the individual character component. This technique of imagining an object is far better than imagining squiggles on a page because sometimes a character component can look kind of weird, but if you know what it relates to and you can come up with a connection to the meaning that is represented in your mind's eye by a 3D object, far easier to remember than squiggles on a page. And then when it comes to the pinion um, initials and finals or actors and sets respectively, that's going to be people and places, which is, again, way easier to remember than a letter on the page. So if I say, remember Paul McCartney as opposed to the letter P, it's just easier to imagine Paul McCartney standing there and like to remember that Paul McCartney is associated with this particular character starts to create that relationship right from the jump, a relationship I was talking about with characters earlier. But that relationship that I was talking about with characters earlier is more related to uh, the idea of like how it feels when you've moved beyond the beginner phase. But when you learn characters this way, you're starting to create something with that character right right from the jump. And that's kind of awesome because it sets, sets you up to be able to more quickly acquire Every aspect of the language. Everything fans out from characters. It's crazy. It's an awesome language in that way. Okay. So that's actors. Sets are places. So a place from your life that has some kind of sound in the name of the place that reminds you of a pinion final. So uh, my friend Corey Anderson, I've spent a lot of time in his house. And A-N, which is the first two letters of his last name, uh, is the is one of the p- 
opinion final. So I can just imagine Corey Anderson's house as the representation of A-N. So if I have Paul McCartney in Corey Anderson's house, I know that the spelling of the character is P-A-N. And then which tone is it? First, second, third, or fourth? Well, that's easy. Outside the entrance is first tone, pan. Inside the entrance or the kitchen is second tone, pan. Bedroom or living room is third tone, pan. And then bathroom or backyard is fourth tone, pan. And I can imagine myself in all these places in Corey's house easily, and there's Paul McCartney standing there, and that's how you deal with the uh, pinion spelling and tone. It's really good, and everybody remembers their tones because how hard is it to distinguish between a bathroom and a kitchen? They're very different types of rooms, so it's, it's awesome in that sense. And then you just, wherever you are, which takes like no time once you figure it out, it's like Paul McCartney in the backyard, pan, got it. All right. Now, what's there? Well, you have half an apple and a sword. Why? Because if you're going to learn the character pan duanda pan, which means like to make a judgment or to, uh, you know, come to a, a conclusion about something. Well, the um, it, you're going to have a half an apple because the left side component is the represent, representative of half and the right side component is a sword. So you'll have half an apple and a sword and you'll come up with something that makes Paul McCartney in the backyard of Corey Anderson's house take a half an apple and a sword and come to some sort of judgment because the judgment is the meaning of the character. Now that explanation that I gave sounds so complicated, but once you know how to do it, it's so quick because you don't have to explain to anybody what you're doing while you're doing it in your head. You can just do it. And so, like, the amount of time it takes me to explain the system is always way longer than it actually takes to do. Hence why we have people saying, man, sometimes I can learn a character in 15 seconds, which is really cool. Like, when people tell us that, we're just thrilled. So, let's get into the suggestions that people gave for props. That is to say, the object representations of character components. So, first we have River Nixon on pick a prop for Xiang, which means each other or mutually. And she said, the goat on a cow from Radiolab. And so, I think she's referring to uh, Radiolab, the podcast or the, um, the, I guess, radio show. And uh, there maybe there's a, a goat on a cow that comes from that show. I've listened to Radiolab before, but I don't particularly recognize that reference. But again, I love it when I don't recognize the reference. And the goat being on the cow is probably some relationship uh, to some relation to the symbiotic relationship we recommend that people use. For example, we recommended sharks with remoras on it because a remora has a symbiotic relationship with a shark. And uh, same thing with like buffalo that have birds on it and things of that nature. Ryan Smith on pick a prop for yeah, first of all, I'm glad to see that Ryan's commenting because I think that he was taking a break from learning some Mandarin. Welcome back, Ryan. And uh, he's back for a pick a prop for yeah. Uh, and he says, the Constitution and Magna Carta seemed like too abstract generic thing for me. Instead, I'm going to go with a scroll. So, yeah, so we recommended the Constitution or the Magna Carta. And if you find those too abstract to imagine, then just a regular old scroll. I mean, a scroll is a uh, unique enough object that that's no problem at all. So uh, you could just imagine opening up the scroll and maybe give it some kind of special glow like it would be in a video game. And you can imagine some uh, ancient language written on it or something. Abigail on pick a prop for Wang, which means king. Yul Brynner from The King and I. Yep, absolutely. From Coming from uh, a piece of media or art like that. And, and I think The King and I was actually a play as well. So perfect. You can imagine the whole costume, the whole setup. No problem. Abigail and pick a prop for Jewel. Thenadir from Les Miserables. 
His song is Master of the House, right? So master is the meaning of zhu. And so she's saying if his song is Master of the House, you'll associate, you'll make that strong link between that particular song and uh, the particular character. So that's great. And, of course, props can be people, too, as we've established here. Connor Griffith on Pick a Prop. And th so this prop doesn't have a uh, – this prop doesn't have a specific pronunciation, but it has um, – it, it's the top part of a several characters like a uh, or Kao Shi or Lao. And it's sort of uh, the – it's basically a combination of the soil prop, which is like a little cross with uh, a bottom stroke, and a samurai sword, which is like sort of a, a pia. It's sort of a, um, a stroke that goes from top right to bottom left. And so it's a combination of those. He went, going based off of soil and a sword, I'm thinking a garden hoe or a tiller would be appropriate. Sure, yeah, because he's – so what Connor's doing here is saying, okay, we've got this – these two combinations of props. And sometimes you need to combine props in a way to make a new prop so that you don't have too many things in your mind. So we have uh, – the two original props are soil and a sword. So he's like, all right, well – What's the thing that we would do to the soil where we would dig into the soil in some way? Well, a garden tiller, a hoe. So perfect. Connor Griffith on pick a prop for jewel, which is the character that means something like something something jewel is one a person who does whatever came before it. So a um, a jewel jewel is a a writer, a um, any kind of you know like for example, uh, let's see here. Would be uh, the, a Republican or a would be a Democrat. Um, and so you just take the idea and just put after it. And it means the person who does that or is a part of that. And so let's see what Connor uh, came up with here. Jeff Dunham or any of his wacky puppets. Yeah, I like that because <laughs> so if you have a puppeteer, right, then you can have that's the one who's controlling the puppet. So it's like the puppeteer is sort of the, the one behind the um, – who's, who's not revealing themselves, kind of like the, uh, the wizard in The Wizard of Oz. I like that. All right, nice. Connor Griffith again on Pick a Prop for Chiu, an entitled person. Okay, so Chiu means to request. And so, yes, I can imagine maybe somebody going yeah, – somebody being really entitled. And so when he says an entitled person, so here's what you could do with that if you're interested is that you think, okay, who's the person in your life who left you the impression of like, Jesus, so entitled? And if you can think of somebody quickly or you can think of like a movie character or something and you're just like, Jesus, Jesus, person is really entitled, then you can just imagine that person and that's your connection. But I can – at first I was like, Chiu, because like, Chiu in Chinese, actually the the – feeling of this character remember i said you have this relationship with the character and you kind of get a feeling for it the feeling of this character is actually much more like like desperately requesting like right like <laughs> I'm, I'm begging you don't kill me right so it's like it's usually that type of feeling but if you could imagine i would the first the thought that's coming into my mind is somebody who has a little bell and they're like you know ding, 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 like come get me uh, something oh yes please hurry up get me get me some uh grapes and wine you know something of that nature and that i can imagine is being very entitled and whatever so perfect and they're making a request so all right jonathan pritchard on pick a prop for the horse we recommend the horse head prop and um <laughs> so we gave two recommendation, recommendations. We said Bojack Horseman because he has literally a horse head uh, character. But we also suggested 
uh, the horse head from The Godfather, which is kind of gory, but at the same time, it's very memorable. And he said, Bojack Horseman as the horse head from The Godfather. Uh, not forgetting that anytime soon. So you imagine that scene from The Godfather, and instead of it being the horse head from the movie, it's like, actually Bojack Horseman. <laughs> That'd be pretty uh, comical scene. Ellery Hall on Pick a Prop for two. How about a Chinese to-go box? Right. So um, one of the things I found out after I moved to China, which I didn't know uh, because in America we also have this particular cultural trope, but like apparently in some countries people don't take their food home with them. They're, they don't have a doggy bag or a to-go bag. And uh, so like I guess if they don't finish their food, they just leave it at the restaurant. And so in China and America, though, the t- taking your food to-go is really common. So it's either you finish it or you take whatever's left over to-go. And so there's these to-go uh, bags in China that are fairly iconic. And so that's what Jonathan's going to use. Or sorry, Ellery's going to use. Perfect. River Nixon on Pick a Prop for Mu, and this is the character that means mother. Peg Bundy from the TV show Married with Children, sure. So she's probably a very classic mother in River's mind, and so if you can come up with that as your association, simple, simple. Why not go with just your favorite sitcom mom? No problem. Lois from uh, Family Guy or uh, Marge from The Simpsons. I'm picking all, like, Fox cartoons. Sharon from Sharon Marsh from South Park. <clears throat> Alina on Pick a Prop for Show. This is an interesting one because she actually had to make a change here. So she says, about two weeks ago, I went with the props show, Buddha's hand with uh, and Buddha's hand and with the different conversion of show, which is sort of like the uh, finger component, Buddha's finger. Also at the time, the similarity seemed to help me remember, and I thought I made a clever choice for these two props, but now I think it's actually too confusing for two different props to be connected like this. I could remember well the script, but when it comes to my Buddha's, Buddha, it's, mm, was it a finger or a hand? I already found a solution to this by replacing Buddha's finger with Zeus's finger. Only the name changed so I can easily adapt my scripts I already have in memory. It will be a bit nasty in the beginning, but I think finally the new prop will find its place in my memory. Absolutely. So, uh, I can say with some certainty, since I have just been finishing up the uh, character expansion, that there are a lot of times you're going to use this prop in the future. So in changing it this early in the process is no problem. You'll be fine. Uh, so continuing, I'm writing this comment here only as a possible hint for other people not to make the same kind of mistake. I know the minds of different different people can function very differently. Still, my experience uh, maybe have helped someone else. Of course it will. By the way... I made the finger of Zeus having a different fight technique to differentiate it from uh, Buddha's hand. Perfect. Yeah, no problem. So basically the situation here was that by making the two props too similar, when coming back to the uh, scene and reviewing the Anki flashcard, it's like, oh, was it this version of the prop or was it the other version? And if that makes you forget, it means that there wasn't a strong enough distinction. So she's made that distinction now. And by doing that, it's... uh, much clearer. Now we're going to move on to the actor suggestions. That is the uh, people who represent the pinion initials. And if you want to know a little bit more about uh, how we do this in the specifics, there is a link to a blog post about this in every episode. And you can always check that out if you want. So, uh, and also just as a reminder, just a general reminder, I I don't know if we say this enough, but in all of our podcasts, whether it's on YouTube or it's 
in your actual podcast player. We timestamp when we talk about different things. So if you're not interested in hearing about prop suggestions or actor suggestions, you can skip around in the show notes. Okay, Jonathan Pritchard on casting call for R.U. So this will be a fictional character whose name starts with R. Uh, and he picked Rambo, which is one of our suggestions, but he said uh, he fought the Russians, so that was an easy one for me. <laughs> Sorry to the Russians who are here. Hey, that's just the premise of the movie. It's not like uh, <laughs> it doesn't uh, represent anything now. So that's uh, And Rambo's, gosh, what a iconic character to have as your R.U. representation. Um, and, of course, uh, I just watched a um, funny little – you know, the world is such a magical place. I watched a YouTube video recently saying <laughs> – comparing – whether who would be better in a battle, Rambo or John Wick, and it just did a, like a deep analysis of the two characters and said who do they think would win. And I won't I won't spoil who they thought would win, but I thought it was a really interesting video. And I just love that we live in a world where we're so, you know, everything is so amazing that we have like the time and energy to make things like that. And it was well animated, and it was it was just so cool. Um, Paul. Tomasovic on casting call for M.I., which is going to be a female actor because of the M.I. sound. I used Mindy McConnell. Actual name is Pan Dauber from the Mork and Mindy TV show. Yeah, which is so memorable because of how hilarious the show was with Robin Williams in it. Great show I watched as a child with lots of laughs. Plus, using the key point suggestion Phil gave in the Jung Make a Movie, where he used John Lennon as an extra with Yoko Ono, I can... Im- already imaged some of the future fun movies I should be able to come up with using Robin Williams as an extra along with Mindy. I'm sure if the YouTube, uh, I'm sure if you YouTube the Morgan Mindy show and watch a few clips, it will surely brighten Ming your day. I like that brighten Ming. That's the character that means bright, uh, brighten your day. And so absolutely this idea of a special effect or a, uh, I guess we could say a script trigger. So sometimes you're lacking in uh, an idea of what to do with your scenes, but you can add something into it that won't hurt your memory, but will give you extra fodder for a creative idea. So you could imagine that, okay, I'm not really sure what to do with Mindy McConnell here, but if I bring in Mork as an extra, maybe I'll come up with an idea. And because Mork is very clearly tied to Mindy. I mean, it's in the show name. It's not going to confuse Paul later. Paul's going to be like, okay, yeah, Mork is here because it's an extra for Mindy. It's not a new element to the scene. It doesn't represent anything other than still the M-I part of the pronunciation. So uh, this, is, uh, this is good that Paul is doing this, and I, I definitely recommend thinking about that, thinking about extras whenever you can. Ellery Hall on casting call for Chu. So this is uh, going to be a, a a god or a world leader or another category, which clearly Ellery picked the category of Star Wars characters uh, because Chewbacca seems like the logical choice. And Chu, Chewbacca, I mean, it's not quite the same, but it sounds quite similar because Chewbacca will put our tongue against, you know, sort of the front of the roof of your mouth to say Chewbacca, whereas Chu, you put your tongue against the back of your bottom teeth and then tighten your lips. Chu, but still. Uh, all right. 
Sets. We have two recommended sets from Jonathan Pritchard. One's for ONG, one's for AO. So again, the idea here is that Jonathan's going to give an example of where he came up with a set that's a representation of... Um, <laughs> also, I have to... I might have to... I'll see, I see what he says here, so that's fine. But they're a representation of a place that sound Something in the name of the place or an association with the place sounds like the... Uh, opinion final. So in the first one, ONG, <laughs> Jonathan says, my high school girlfriend smoked a lot of weed at the time. So my ong is the bong at her house. I'll never forget that. And so <laughs> there's a good example. You know, you got a bong in the house. Bong has ONG in it. And so why not? Hey, that works. Jonathan Pritchard on set the scene for AO. I was an intern at Disney World, so I'm imagining the apartment I shared while working for the mouse, right? Yeah, so even though mouse is spelled O-U and this is pronounced A-O, they sound the same, right? So mouse, ow, ouse, ow, right? So you make that connection, worked at Disney World and the apartment that he used at that time, perfect. All right, we do have uh, one shared movie scene this week from Matus. Uh, and so he says, he starts, viewer discretion is advised. My friend Jill. Oh, so, sorry, this is make a movie for G, which is the character that uh, means, it, it can mean a small table or a few. Uh, usually it means a few or uh, how many if it's a small number. Like uh, how many of these are there? Oh, there's five, right? You can say, gonna five. Go. All right. Viewer discretion is advised. My friend Jill, the representation of J.I., is holding a samurai sword and walks into the living room of my childhood home. So we've already established one of the props. We've established that it is going to be living room of childhood home, which means it's third tone, and there's no final, and Jill represents J-I, so we have T and one of the props. We have one more prop and then the meaning. There, she sees a huge, beautiful swan in the middle of the room. Now, that's the right side component. So we have all the props now. We have the samurai sword and the beautiful swan, and we have the pronunciations. Now, all we need to do is just have them interact in some way that gets across the meaning. While she admires it, an idea pops into her head. She decides to make a few more of those beautiful, smaller swans with the help of her samurai sword. Slash, slash, slash. And you definitely want to have some sound effects there. Disclaimer. No animals were harmed in the making of this movie. <laughs> Good job, Matus. They're very, very creative. And, of course, you, if you were going to do this, I like the reaction that's going to be on her face when she suddenly has an idea. That's sort of like she's standing there with a samurai sword, maybe just looking kind of dumb. And then suddenly... Pfft, she has an idea, and then she just slashes, and make sure you got the sound effects. I mean, you ever notice in movies, like, if you're having a sword fight, the sound effects they throw in are nothing like how it would be in real life, but, you know, they just do it anyway. Uh, so those sound effects are perfectly good for remembering things. Okay, some uh, miscellaneous questions and comments that have come in during the week. We always end with these, and these are sometimes the most interesting. Michael Wright on Mandarin Finals categorized. This is from the Pronunciation Mastery course. Have to agree with the other comments. I've just passed the HSK2 and would have loved to have had these, uh, have discovered these diagrams when meeting Pinion for the first time. The big Pinion chart suddenly doesn't seem so big or scary anymore. Well, glad to hear that, Michael. And I felt that too when, you know, when Luke made that little uh, diagram of the uh, Pinion Finals and how they're all categorized. That was really. Um, 
enlightening for me as well, even at the time. I was just like, yeah, it's really amazing how simple this pronunciation system is. I mean, sure, there's about half of them that we don't normally say in English, but that doesn't mean that it's not, uh, you know, very easy to understand. And when you break it down and you look at the opinion chart, you go, oh, there's a lot. But then when you realize how many similarities there are, it's like, yeah, it's pretty easy. Okay, so I'm going to pronounce this name wrong, but I'm going to try. Let's see here. Zudi Daud, probably. Zudi Daud on New Vocabulary Unlocked for Xiaolai. I completely understand the sentences without pinyin, but I found myself reading it really slow, just like a little child. Is that normal? And I don't feel that I would remember to speak these sentences afterwards. Do I still need to review them more often? Thanks. So, great uh, question. Yes, it's completely normal because you're like a little child when it comes to Chinese. And first of all, xiaolai is like one of the earliest sentences. in. It's like sentence number like six or something in all of the sentences you come up with. So bear in mind, you're going to read thousands of sentences. You never need to memorize a sentence. Never need to memorize a sentence ever. It's not important. It's not like key to your success in Chinese to memorize a sentence because sentences are infinite. You do need to memorize characters, but you don't need to memorize sentences. So Reading it slow like a child is completely normal. That's exactly what you should expect. But like everything, after you've been doing it for a little bit, it gets faster and faster. By the time you finish your 80% foundation, reading a new sentence will be really easy. So don't worry about that aspect of it. And then you you ask, do I still need to review them more often? Thanks. Review them as often as Anki shows them to you. You can trust in Anki. So if you read a sentence and you get the closed delete correct and you look at it and you go what's the missing character it's this and you understand the sentence then hit correct and it will show you again at the interval that Anki has determined so if you've already seen the card a few times it's probably an interval of like a couple weeks if you've seen the card only one time it's an interval of, of uh, one day so the whatever Anki says trust it it's based on years over a hundred years of research so if Anki is saying go ahead and don't worry about this card for three weeks. You can trust that. And then if three weeks comes along and you've forgotten it, hit wrong and it'll reset the cycle. So don't worry about extra review. That's it's You're trying to outsmart 100 years of research if you think, I need to review more than what Anki says. So let the research do the talking. Let the memory of interval reviews do its, do its magic because... It's basically the idea that you can review this the absolute minimum amount of times you need while still remembering it. And that's exactly what you would want. That's like the definition of efficiency. If you wanted to do it like just how you think that it is, you're going to be wrong because how often you think you need to review it versus how often you actually need to review it are almost definitely going to not be the same. And it could go the other way too. I mean, you could be saying, I don't need to review this ever. And then like, Turns out you did, so it's not like it's only one way, but yeah. Gregory Savage on simple final E. Duh. Tada. Tada mama. Tada baba. So that's the um, uh, this pronunciation mastery about simple final E. Should I just be practicing pronunciation or trying to learn the vocab as well? Well, Gregory, we have the uh, all the Anki cards there, so you may incidentally pick up the vocab, but it's not about vocab. That's what the Mandarin Blueprint Method course is for. So if you are learning the uh, vocab via the Mandarin Blueprint Method by learning the characters properly, excuse me, by learning the characters properly and uh, then learning the 
uh, vocab words that come from that. Those vocab words you'll remember very well, and you'll have a more solid foundation. Whereas the pronunciation mastery, we look at it like this. We're like, okay, you need to learn these syllables and how to produce them from your vocal cords, your, your lips, your tongue, your mouth, and your different cavities. And if we're going to teach you how to produce these sounds, we might as well teach you along with some really common vocabulary because you might incidentally pick up on some of it. And if you do incidentally pick up on some of it, that's bonus, right? But the goal is to get the pronunciations articulated properly and also heard properly. So I would say don't worry about learning the vocab. If you don't memorize the vocab, you will when you do the Mandarin Blueprint Method. Steve Hindle on Simple Final A Quiz. As I'm British-born, living in America now, I can completely see how this is like cat, which was my answer. But my Shanghainese wife just read this question and said it should be father. She watched a lot of American movies. So, yeah, this has been a point of contention uh, going through the the months is that Luke, who has a very... uh, you know, London-based accent, he will say that the A in ta sounds much like the A in cat. And for me as an American, I don't hear it that way as much. But, um, you know, more like, I think it's closer to the father A. But then again, we we look at the word um, ung, and that's like father, ung. That definitely is like father. And so when we're talking about the A in ta, it's a little bit different than the A in ong, because the ong is more back of the throat. So coming up with an analogy is hard to say, but it doesn't really matter, as as uh, Steve said here. So I suppose it's in the ear of the beholder, tomatoes, tomatoes, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely something that is not uh, an absolutely true thing, because it's and the reason why it's is not because of Chinese. It's because of the English language and the different accents and the different pronunciations we have in English. So... Abigail on It's a Word for Zhou. In the dialogue, why are measure words not used in Jizhou, Sizhou, Jitian, and Qitian? Is Jigazhou optional slash wrong? So here's how you can think of it. Zhou is the measure word. So Jizhou de Shijian. So a few weeks of time. But they just omit the of time because it's pretty obvious what you're talking about. So, you know, you could say... 一个人, what what's the measure word? 个, right? 一群人 would be a group of people. So all I did was change the measure word, and now it means more several people. Well, uh, 一分钟, 一分钟 would be one minute. Uh, if I said 一周, that is, I don't need to say 一个周, because 周 already is the measure measurement sort of uh, a device. So it's like, how long of time? It's ijo, which is a uh, a week. So we go. Now you can. It's, I get that there's some inconsistency here because say you go to month, you go to month. You can say igoyue, but the th- the reason with month that it's uh, like that is because to say iyue means January, right? So first one one month iyue is January. So you have to say igoyue to get across that you're talking about one month of time. Right, so there are exceptions to it, but think of it like that. And the same thing with tian, tian, ji tian, de shi jian. But it's like you don't have to add in the de shi jian, which means time. So it's like you can just say ji uh, tian, and you've got it. That's the answer to that one. Finally, Rosan Bishwakarma on uh, I, I this was an email. She says, "Dear Luke and Phil." 
I cannot thank you enough for coming up with this innovative system. I'd totally love to help you out. Also, just to be clear, you're going to release a new level each week, so you're not going to unlock all characters at once. Just asking because I am addicted to the course, and I think that one level a week might not be enough. Uh, so as I said at the beginning of the podcast, we're actually not going to release it one level at a time. We're going to release it five levels at a time uh, to correspond with the Anki decks, because I didn't think about, when I said that one uh, one level a week thing, I didn't think about the Anki decks. I was just getting a little bit like excited about the new thing, and I didn't think about, wait, we don't release one Anki deck per level. We release one Anki deck for every five or six levels. So... Um, uh, so basically, yeah, we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna release one a week. We're gonna release five at a time, and then release them just when they're ready. Um, so there's and don't worry when we release this next one, that'll keep you busy for a while. It's like four hundred. It's almost as many characters as the original. It's a hundred characters short of the original character order, so it'll keep you busy for a while. In any case, keep up with the great work. You have certainly changed my approach to learning Chinese and infused me. With new motivation for life. <laughs> awesome. Seeing small progress every day in one area of your life really also affects other areas of your life. And I think I've become a more disciplined person because of you guys. All of the best from Taipei, Rosan. You are a more dis disciplined person because of you. If we maybe gave you some slight encouragement, it was because we knew you could already do it. It's not like Chinese made me a more disciplined person too. And like, it wasn't a matter of, uh, but it, like, it's like always at the end of the day, it's, you're the one opening your computer, opening Anki, starting to learn. Like, we can't make you do that. All we can do is be like, Hey, you won't regret it. But like, that's the best we can do. We can't say you should do this. It's a question of your motivation. You've done so well to come this far. I'm, I'm, obviously incredibly pleased that you're happy with the materials. That's what I'm most uh, excited for from the perspective of our contribution. But I'm telling you, you did it. You did it and like take credit where credit is due. And, you know, but remember the discipline and, you know, life's kind of weird like that. It's like, yeah, you did it. You, you deserve that praise and you do. But then on the other hand, discipline can drop off at the drop of a hat. So, you know, keep it up, keep the discipline going. You know, there must be discipline. You always need to have discipline in life in general. And so why not do it with something that has such a great uh, fruit that it bears? So thank you so much for listening. The new expansion will be coming out very soon. And we're very excited about that. I am going to go play some drums at a gig uh, downtown Chengdu and it'll be great. I appreciate all of you guys as always. See you next time.